0: As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Lightning like Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. It's definitely not saying. <laughs> Showtime Sports
1: presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of
0: the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus.
1: what's up broncos country my name is kevin and welcome to another episode of the orange weekly post game podcast all i can say to you guys is ouch (laughs) and uh tanner and i are gonna break it down for you the uh the really really heart-wrenching terrible loss against the bills uh but i want to keep you guys around we're not just going to rehash the entire game because we we all know how painful that was. Tanner, I'm going to break down uh, some other stuff leading up to the last two games of the season, as well as maybe preview a little bit of the postseason coming up here before too long, sadly, but true. So uh, kick back, relax. If you haven't done so already, grab that drink and uh, welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. <music> Orange Weekly fans, brews, and Broncos news.
0: What's up, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Kev Dan here for another exciting edition of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. I say exciting, even though there was nothing exciting <laughs> about yesterday's debacle. Um, we're going to make this podcast exciting, like Kev Dan said in the intro. We're going to be recapping the game a little bit, but we're also going to be Talking about some things we can look forward to in the remaining two games and on to the off season because, quite frankly, there's not a lot of positives to talk about from yesterday.
1: I was going to say you said exciting and instantly my jaw dropped. Like what? An
0: (laughs) exciting show because we are the exciting podcast. We are weekly. That's where I was getting to. It was definitely not an exciting game. Uh, It was bearable for about a half, but then that third quarter. Oh my! uh,
1: Everything fell apart and rough now um and and just like i said in the in the intro you know everyone listening i i I don't think we're going to spend too much time on this game it's obvious we're we're in pain we're feeling it i still hurt it feels like somebody punched me in my gut uh during the game it felt like somebody was punching me just over and over and over again uh so (laughs) i think we're all ready Mm to just kind of move on so uh we will talk about some other things other than that so tanner um yeah, you're, you're right. I'll just kind of start big picture first half there. Um, looked like, okay, maybe there's a chance like we could at least, and look, I I had predicted the Broncos to win, um, and, and I thought that we would be able to do it based off of how we performed against uh, Mahomes, especially, um, as well as a couple of the other quarterbacks throughout the year, where we just you know, we're able to really hold those quarterbacks to not very many touchdowns. They were settling for field goals and that's what happened against the, uh, um, the chiefs there. Right. And so I was like, if we can hold our, hold our ground in the red zone and keep Josh Allen out of the end zone, we have a chance to go in. Uh, but of mm-hmm. course we were just not able to overcome the fact that we're missing so many DBs uh, and backfield just so, so beat up. So I don't know, man, I, I, it, it was expected in the second half, but the first half it got my hopes up.
0: Yeah, the first half they're competitive. I mean, right there, you know, if it wasn't for the backup kicker uh that left four points out there, it would have been even closer at halftime than it was. It was eight point deficit at half. Um, so I was feeling pretty good at half, but but that third quarter from the beginning, from the kickoff, the kick return to start the second half there on, it was ugly and ugly fast. Um that was that's what was disappointing, like. To be honest, I went in thinking we could win, but I wasn't expecting us to win. I guess because the Bills are a really solid team. Oh yeah. Um, but I just want to compete, and especially when things started getting off the rails in the third quarter, I was like, "All right, let's at least get this thing back on track. Let's go down swinging. Let's go down fighting. if We're going to go down." And just didn't see a lot of that. Like you hit on the defensive back um, room is so thin right now. I mean injuries and then you got the boy suspension for performance enhancing drugs and, and then uh Okuwebinom gets kicked out for uh throwing the punch uh just can't have that when you're getting when you getting beat like that and, and and credit Josh Allen give give credit where it's due i oh, mean yeah. he was 28 for 40 for 359 yards and two touchdowns yesterday and then he had two on the ground um 33 yards on three carries He ripped us apart. He he dissected us. I mean, Diggs had 147 yards on 11 catches, and then he had Beasley 112 yards on eight catches. Those two guys just found ways to get open all night long, or all evening long, I should say. And, uh, yeah, Josh Allen was impressive. He's, he's, He's pretty special.
1: So I, I want to get your take on this and completely agreed. And I remember when everyone in our fantasy league here at orange weekly laughed at me for drafting uh, Josh Allen mm-hmm. um, and it paid off uh, dividends since I'm heading to the finals now. Sorry, just to brag a little bit there. You deserve um, to. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I want to get your take on this and I'm no football guru. Anyone out there listening. I'm not a football expert. I'm just a fan Same here. Um, when it, when it comes to just, I guess some of those more uh, exact or little details, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand everything there. Right. Mm So what I'm noticing, you know, going through the game, you're right. They were picking us apart. They were getting five, 10, 15 yard, uh, you know, completions over and over. And when I look at the cornerbacks there, they're lined up what eight, 10 plus yards away from, and it almost seems like, you know, a little bit of a zone, but also prevent, you know, uh, prevent defense, which, you know, is I get the point of it. And maybe in this case, it, it makes sense to the point of, Hey, you're just trying to um prevent those big plays. Give your, give your defense a chance to to get to Josh Allen, make a big stop. Right. But it wasn't working. So I want to hear your take on, did you notice that? What did you think about it? Because I felt there it wasn't working early on and we should have changed something. But when you're, you're hanging off 10-plus yards away from the guy in the line of scrimmage, I mean, they're all automatically wide open.
0: Yeah, no, I, I noticed that too. I mean, a lot of times throughout the year I thought that even the backs have been playing a little too much cushion, but a lot of times we can get away with it. Last night wasn't the case, especially without, you know, you don't have the vet, a veteran like Calhoun out there or, or Boye or a few of those other guys. I sure. mean, I mean, you have Will Parks out there, which Will Parks has been playing fine, don't get me wrong, but yeah. he's only two games back. As a Bronco. I mean, he's still mm-hmm. getting used to the system and getting used to everything again. And you're expecting him to do a lot there at the slot corner. Um, but a big cushion, and you can't play a cushion like that against Stephon Diggs. I mean I mean uh Bosby has work cut out for him all night last night. Um against against Diggs. He was getting picked on, which Diggs is a top ten wide receiver, if not top five in the league. But then uh, Cole Beasley, he was the one I'm like, Okay, we can we can shut him down. Mm-hmm. You nope. Know? He was just – but but like the announcers kept hitting on, Cole Beasley pretty much has an option route every route. He has a combination of two different routes he can run, and he picks whichever one he wants to run. So um, they give him a lot of freedom with his route running. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, I was hoping for more of some halftime adjustments there with that coverage and it, it, it's something we didn't see and, quite frankly, got worse. Um, and,
1: yeah, and I think, you know, when it, it got worse, I don't know if it's so much <sighs> – you know, I don't know if what kind of combination it is. Of Our defense was out there just a lot. Um, our ov- offense wasn't clearly able to move the ball too well. Yeah. Um, you know, they made adjustments. They saw what we were doing, and we really didn't make adjustments. And now, so yeah, I get what you're saying, and, and I think a lot of people might be sitting here saying, um, you know, fire Coach Fangio. Why didn't he make any adjustments? And the the flip side that I can think of is, we didn't really have the personnel to make adjustments, you know, like it's not like we could have moved somebody to cover a different player. Like it was where we're so thin on defense back there and defense in general, right. Uh, that a lot of these people shouting fire person, a fire person, B fire, the towel boy, you know, like <laughs> um, it's, I'm, there are other things there and, and coach Fangio is so good at, at game planning and scheming and stuff like that, that I think we're just at the point where we're so beat up that when you're playing somebody like Josh Allen and the bills who are uh, their record is what 11 and three now Mm -hmm. um, there's only so much you can do. So um, yeah, that's, that's how I'm seeing it.
0: Yeah. And like you said, kind of have the play uh, play with uh, the cards you're dealt right now. I mean, you're, you're injured. Most of those guys aren't coming back within the next two weeks. Um, and they're going to have a challenge next week against Herbert, who has a big arm and can move similar to Allen. Probably not quite as elusive as Allen, but similar. I mean, he's an, he's an athlete for a big big guy. Um, so that's going to be a challenge. But it was just disappointing. I mean, um, expected the game to be a lot closer than 48 to 19. Yeah. Um, you know, the offense to, need need to needed to come out firing too because – we knew it was going to be a long night for the defense, uh-huh. especially with the way the game was starting. But offense just didn't look good at all last night. Uh, Drew Locke took a step backwards, 24 for thirty-two for one hundred thirty-two yards, one touchdown. He did have zero interceptions. Probably that- should have <laughs> had two or three, but hey, that that, that doesn't matter. They 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 dropped them, so right right. He didn't have any interceptions, but he did have a strip sack for a touchdown, which mm-hmm. was a tough play. Um, right when the pressure was coming from behind i'm like oh please tuck the ball please tuck the ball but didn't happen but uh we're the only team in the league that's turned it over at least once every game and that's uh that's a big problem
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah no i mean turnovers in general and yes i'm not gonna sit here and say drew lock is freaking amazing and no. you know look he he has contributed heavily into those turnovers right mm-hmm. that one i can't really so i want to kind of dissect what you said and kind of you know kind of go through what what we had talked about in the, the pregame live show. So everyone who's listening, remember we have a pregame live show. Um, and the question I had asked beforehand is, what do you all watching right now need to see from Drew Locke to uh, feel that last week wasn't a fluke? And the common answer across the board was zero interceptions. And – then there are, you know, of course, I got to stay off of Facebook. You got to stay off of Twitter, like you say every week. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm getting. I'm getting. We talked about this before the the podcast here. Uh, you know who's uh, who's going to get on this rant first? Go for I'm it, Kev. Almost there. I'm right. almost there. It not, go yet. For
0: it? <laughs> not yet.
1: Not um, yet. Yes, any quarterback almost has interceptions. Yeah. You know, Josh Allen almost had one, if not two, interceptions, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and so. You know, Peyton Manning almost had interceptions. This was, ju- he this was just he had a ton the in
0: the last year. He had he had a ton in t- exactly. So,
1: and I'm not trying to compare Drew Lock to Paint Peyton Manning. No. I know people are probably you know some people are out there like, oh, you're an idiot, right? And maybe <laughs> maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I, what I'm trying to get at is he had zero interceptions, and yep. that is, I think that is a key. You mm-hmm. know, the you can point to the strip sack, and and I think a lot of people are. But man, he got nailed, he and Known I think he was on worse for the rest of the game. I mean, he—it wasn't the hit so much as how he hit the ground that just looked, uh, I mean, incredibly painful, right? So, mm-hmm. for for me, I'm looking at this, and the the one touchdown though, what I appreciated was when we got uh, that that muff punt recovery uh, yeah. after it was like it was a three and out, I think, and um, yes. we recovered it. We got a touchdown from that. We found a way to get the touchdown. We made the most of the situation we were in. And that's what I like to see, you know, like, Hey, we just went three and out. Hey, Holy crap. We have a chance to go out there and do this. And we didn't have to settle for a field goal. You know, and I think we've seen that a lot, especially earlier on the season we get. And even previous years, like we worked down the field and then we have to settle for a field goal. Well, here we were, and we actually made something happen. And for me, those are promising signs. Did I expect them to have another four touchdowns, zero interception, 250 plus yard, Game. No, there's only been one quarterback this year. Who's done that. It's drew lock. Right. But so for me, I don't think he took a step back and that's where I'm getting with all this. I don't think he took a step back. I think you saw him make smart plays. Um, There were still a couple of questionable ones that were almost intercepted. Um, But I, I'm okay with what I saw. I'm not sitting here freaking out. so that's, that's what I took away from all of it.
0: Yeah. And and I'm, I'm glad you brought up that taking advantage of that muff punt i mean that was a beautiful throw he made no fan one of his better throws of the season um and i thought Noah fan played pretty well i mean he had eight catches for a 68 yards and touchdowns nice to see him get back back in the into the mix heavily again but you uh, know i thought drew did a better job checking down again checking down um, yeah you saw that yeah taking what the defense was giving him um and trying to make some plays with his feet and extending plays. Whereas. Uh, you know, more, more more so a pocket passer wouldn't be able to do. But uh one one thing I would like to see out of him is um uh, not so many throws across the field. He likes to try to throw to Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. you know, that long throw across the field. And that one's the one that seems to almost get it picked off yeah. quite a bit. Um I, I would like um Sherman to find a way to get Judy more more touches, get him more open. I mean, one catch for 19 yards yesterday yep. um and i know he's the main focus for most of the defenses and they're they're doing a good job but buffalo really they did a great job on our wide receivers as a whole i mean judy had one catch for 19 yards patrick had three for 14 hamler had one for four that was it and then all the rest were by uh melvin gordon had four catches for 20 yards lindsey three for seven and then like i said fans eight for 68 yards mm-hmm. um they just were not allowing our wide receivers to get open um
1: I think it was, I think it was maybe even through the full first half, if not even more. And I hadn't even realized it till uh, one of the commentators said it is all of the receptions to that point had not been made by any wide receiver. Yep. Uh, it wasn't until, I want to say it wasn't until like mid third uh, yep. quarter where Tim Patrick caught that ball, right? Yep. Um, and so, yeah, they were just shutting us down. And, and the checkdowns I liked because you saw him make those reads you saw the read mm-hmm. progressions you saw him look downfield and when it wasn't there that's when he took that checkdown and this is something we've been talking about here at Orange Weekly for a while is he's not making his reprogressions he's taking those dangerous throws that's where those interception, or interceptions are coming from right but this time we saw him play you know get the 2 or 3 yards versus bomb it down the field and hope it doesn't get intercepted so
0: correct and also i was hoping the run game could get going a little more than it did to open up the pass game I and mean, melvin gordon he played all right he had 11 carries for 61 yards he did have two touchdowns phil blinsey also had 11 carries only 38 yards mm-hmm. um ground game just couldn't couldn't get going and and, oh. and when when I, I still think we're a run first offense and when that can't get going doesn't open up the pass game yeah
1: and Pat Schirmer's offense, I don't think is made to be very, uh, it's not that I think that it just is. It is not made to be very dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, It is what it is. It's a run first defense. If the run game doesn't work well, then you're kind of up shit Creek without battle. Like that's just kind (laughs) of, you know? Um, And so again, that doesn't surprise me, you know, in every Mm -hmm. game this year where the run game doesn't work one, we either, we either abandon the run game really early and panic uh, or, we try the run game, we try to stick to it. It's not working and we can't really make much else happen. So, you know, once again, this was a top five offense and defense we were facing Uh, top five offense. I can't remember the defense. Um, I'll check that. I'll fact check myself once again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, this was an incredibly strong, talented team.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I mean, and they're way better than the Panthers were. They're way better than the chargers and the Raiders are. I mean, the bill's, the Bills might have the best shot in the AFC to knock off the Chiefs, to be honest, how they're built, how they play. Yeah. Um, I know the Steelers yep. are up there, but they're, they've are they lost no. two in a row. Uh, Titans, I don't know. You never know which Titan team you are going to get from week to week, but uh, I think the Bills might have the best shot. So, I mean, th- th- that's what was disappointing, I guess. We-, we were playing against a legit possible Super Bowl contender, and just to get blown out like that was embarrassing at home. Um, it also – confirmed that uh, we made some NFL history becoming the first team ever to uh, now miss the playoff, officially miss the playoffs for five straight years after winning a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and then locked in four straight losing seasons for us. So yep. frustrating marks to be hitting um, for Broncos milestones for sure.
1: And whose fault is that Tanner?
0: I think it's a big combination. Uh, I really do. Um, I mean, of course, some of it lies on the players, but um, it's it's tough when you don't have an owner. <laughs> I know we talk about this all the time, but it's like, uh, where is Joe Ellis in, the, in all of this? Haven't heard, and I know he's been battling COVID. He was, you know, a month or so ago, but haven't heard any statements really or anything from him. Um, and some of this does lie on a good old number seven, John Elway, too. Um, but so we should fire him. Nope. And No. Nope. Nope. To Drew Locke. Nope. 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 Yeah. Fire we'll uh, him all right. I mean, if, if you want to listen to some Facebook and Twitter people, sure. Instagram, whatever. Snapchat. Um, uh, but, no. Um, we can we, we can talk about Drew, Drew Locke here in a couple of moments. I, I kind of want to ask you yeah. a few questions about yeah. him. But, no. Elway's uh, not going anywhere. Vic Finio shouldn't go anywhere. I don't think he is. He shouldn't. Um yeah, but Drew
1: Locke has thrown so many interceptions this year. So fire
0: Elway. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm you, trying you, to you get you, you on the rant. I'm trying you, to you push can really, you. You really, uh, <laughs> control what, what number three is doing out there, right? So, um, it, but but John John does have to be held to, you know, some of because this is this is five straight years they missed the playoff four straight years, right? Losing records, so you've got to be held hold, held accountable. But everybody in the organization needs to be, and you know, I don't want the Broncos country to get to a point where you just stop caring and you get a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, kind of have apathy. Yeah. That, the right yeah, word? yeah that kind of says in your yeah. you're just expecting it to happen. We don't need that. This organization's never really had Well, they might've had it in the sixties <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when it was just starting in the, there's you know, some dark days of the, of the organization, but oh, yes. haven't had that since then. You know, you know, Pat Bowen wouldn't have stood for this. He would definitely wouldn't have stood for this for four straight years. Um, so something's got to change. I don't know what it is, and will it change? I mean, but also I think on the flip side, I think we're close too. That's the thing because, like, I watched the game last night with my dad. My dad doesn't have a favorite NFL team, but he's a huge NFL fan overall. Okay, he knows enough about the Broncos just through me and watching games with me. And he goes, he goes, now who he was talking about? Part of he goes, they get Sutton back next year, so you have Sutton, Judy, Hamler, and say you resign Patrick. He goes, in fan, he goes, that's that's a pretty good offense. Mm-hmm. He goes, your offense line's not too bad. You got two pretty solid backs. He goes, He goes. then you just got to figure out if, if Locke's the guy or not. I'm like, mm-hmm. that that basically is the main question. So I think fo- smart football fans are seeing the Broncos aren't too far away, even yeah. though it feels like it. And I know patience is tough, and we're all getting tired of it. And next year's got to be the year, the hit. If, if, if we're seeing all this again next year, then – I'll I'll be a loss of words then. I really won't know what to say at that point.
1: So, a
0: hundred percent, hundred
1: percent. Where has Ellis been? Um, if you ask me, I the words I'm going to use here are I don't like Ellis uh, because I can't stand the trust. I think it's completely being mismanaging the team. Then you, we can go hold down a whole nother, we could do a whole podcast on the legal battles and everything that comes to the ownership and some possible things the NFL might do in the off season in terms of changing that rule so that they can actually enforce it, blah, 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 blah. But you, your dad's right. And I think, uh, let's see uh, if you look at the IR list, um, and I'm trying to pull that, uh, up here, um, you know, we have the most amount of money tied up in our IR uh, than any other team right now. Right. And can you imagine just if we have half those players back, if we have Juwan James back who decided to sit out this year, which again, is completely fine. Totally up to him. Not, not knocking him down at all. Right. But if you have some of these players back, like not even all of them, half of them, half of them, right. Like how many games have we been close in, you know, where, you know, just man, if, if we had just a couple more of these guys back, you know,
0: ah, and I hate saying it, not to this extent of this year, but it feels like this is a, a recurring thing every year with the Broncos. They lose a few key guys that just kills everything. And it's like one of these years we got to catch a break on the injury front. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, I, cause I hate using that excuse, but yeah. Yet, I don't feel like it's really excused, like it's a valid point. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm saying next, year, next year's got to be the year. They really got to – you, you, you got to get in the playoffs next year. Yep. Assuming everybody, for the most part, stays healthy. you are going to have some injuries, but for the most part stays healthy. Um, next year's year, you got to – You know, it's, it's time. I mean, it's, it's been too long anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't think
1: – I don't think that's impossible. I don't think that's impossible at all. I don't either. You know? Um, when you're talking about now seven teams per conference getting in, yeah, um, man, this is a team, and I know we got blown out of the water by the Chiefs or the yeah the Chiefs the first time, yeah. uh, the Raiders the first time, San yeah. Diego we won um, in the last second. I expect us to beat both uh, both those teams during the last two games, right? Uh, Chargers and the Raiders there, um, but uh, you know, looking at as of the end of September it's about half of our cap space is tied up in IR. Yeah. And so it'd be one thing to me, and, and I I do feel like I'm, I'm maybe starting to make too many excuses. And I recognize that. I'm trying to kind of delve a little deeper. And if we had, let's say it was just Von Miller on the IR list, and I was like the only real big name guy yeah, out there. Well, if, if I was sitting here saying, well, we're missing Von Miller. That's why we're losing these those yeah. games. Ah, that's kind of a stretch, right? But when you have... Just so many players and so many starters. The fact that we're starting third stringers, normal third stringers, are now starting. Right, that that tells me that if we get these guys back, you get Drew Locke a whole off season, uh, training camp, everything. Time to to work with the the wide receivers, continue to build that that core relationship. Learn, you know, work on the playbook even more. Um, And now you're not, you're probably still the youngest offense in the NFL, but you have a whole nother year of experience behind you with these starters coming back. So, you know, this time next year, we're going to have a very good, very good idea. And, and man, at this point, if we're where we are right now, yeah, then we're going to have to have a serious conversation about, Hey, Elway Ellis Fangio Locke. You know, is it time to kind of hit the reset button again, right?
0: Mm -hmm. But in a more broad aspect, I mean, hit all all, all, all corners of everything. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I would say so. If we're sitting here having these same conversations week 15 next year, then it is time to hit the button and blow everything up.
1: So let's hope that we aren't in that point. I I think – Yes. Let's get, like I said, even if we have half these players back that are on IR right now, I think we'd be a competitive team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not expecting us to go out next year and not have any injuries whatsoever. Sure, right. Sure. But have the depth that we have now, now our depth players have a lot of uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, some even starter experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the starters back. I think this could be a really strong overall team, with the assumption and hope that Drew Lock comes out and is just at least a maybe a little better than average quarterback.
0: So you're um, you're pretty confident right now with two games left that Drew Lock will be the starting quarterback next year, Week One for the Broncos. Yes. Okay. Um, and that was one of my questions. I want to ask. I do too. I want to go on record. I do too. Okay. But um, say say the Broncos were thinking about moving on for for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to speculate why, but they decided. Eh, we've seen enough. Which, which I think this year that was the main thing they need to find out if he was the guy or not. I don't. I still don't think they found that out at least today. But they they know enough to at least see what he could do with another year. Hopefully, more of a normal mm-hmm. full off season and everything. I right. think they at least got to that point because he's had enough flashes, enough you know good games, um, where they can make that assumption. But. Throw that aside, say Ellis and Elway get together and say, eh, I think we've already seen enough. We, we got to make a move. I'm going to throw out some names and you tell me if you would be okay with them or not. And some of these Aaron. names, probably not even possible, but I'm just <laughs> thinking off the top of my head. Sure, sure, sure. Matt Ryan.
1: That one might, and I'm just going to go with initial gut reactions. Um, no.
0: Okay. Kind of similar there, Matthew Stafford? Yes. Okay. Well, wh- I, I want to know why, just kind of initially, why he has the Stafford not to Ryan.
1: What I... So Ryan, um, you know, since, since the Super Bowl layer, he's just not... Consistent's not a strong enough word. Trustworthy? Okay. Um, It's it's a level beyond consistent. I just... He, he's never really been that amazing of a quarterback mm-hmm. if you ask me um yeah they had the Super Bowl run they had a couple good years there but sure. since that you know if you have really really one really amazing year maybe two really strong years and you can never replicate that again mm-hmm. what makes me think that five six years down the road you're going to be able to do it now with a new team okay. so now you get to Stafford who has never had an amazing year I think the the lions have just never been a good team, you know, and
0: around them in my opinion.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I think if you presented the opportunity, he's not, he's not old like, uh, um, Joe Flacco is, you know, he, he can still, uh, he's a, he's a, he's that average quarterback that we would need. That is, he's not amazing. He's not going to go out there and get you six touchdowns in a game. Right. But, um, I think he's somebody that would be reliable enough with the talent that we have in the receiving core. Uh, and you get that strong offensive line back. I think that that's somebody that, that has potential to move the ball effectively. Re- you know, avoid those turnovers, at least the vast majority of them that we've seen this year. Right. So I don't know. That's, those are just my gut reactions. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I'm I mean, at. I
0: throw Stafford out there. I mean, I know both of them, I believe have one year left on their contract, but there's talk, you know, Detroit is getting a new coach. Getting a new GM, they might decide, hey, we want to draft, we want to go in a completely different direction, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and I think a change of scenery could do somebody like Matthew Stafford a a um, do him really well. I mean, right. that might, might be what he needs at this point in his career. Okay, a few more yeah. just off the top of my head. Uh Sam Darnold. <laughs> yes. Okay. And Carson Wentz. No. How about anybody in the draft? No. I mean, excluding nope. Trevor Lawrence. That's not Well, him. yeah, or that's Justin not. No, or I'm just, that's, why,
1: that's why I just said no. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it looks like he's going to be a Jaguar. So, uh, yeah. um, good for them. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of – those are names I've been seeing floating around out there on social media and I just was – because if unfortunately if Locke plays bad these next two weeks, that those – you know, it might not be actual internal discussions at No. Valley, but the Broncos country is going to have fun with uh, quarterback controversy, oh you know, quarterback God. movement. Oh, my
1: God. It's gonna so be I, I'm trying to
0: get you prepared what we could have to face in the offseason.
1: Yeah. Um, so while I did see SSCM Darnold, mm-hmm. it would mean that we get rid of Drew Locke uh, and we bring in another young quarterback. So you're still kind of starting over with somebody-
0: Arnold's actually younger than Lock. Younger. Yeah. With and even though more experience yeah. in the league, which is wild.
1: So, you know, that's kind of look any one of these is a gamble, right? But sure. here you have a guy you can still mold. Um uh-huh. maybe not so set in their ways. Um and yeah, uh, kind of similar to Stafford, you give him a chance to reset and say, "Okay, now I'm a, I, I have a team with real talent, real promise, led by John Elway. They're drafting really well. They need somebody to kick this in high gear and turn it around." Uh, you know, those two guys, especially, you could have a chance to uh, um, kind of turn things around if they went that direction.
0: Well, what if they could get Darnold for pretty cheap value through because there's going to be a trade um, to get him? I mean, I think the Jets are got to move him. And- what if you could do that and keep Drew Lock and let him battle?
1: So here's the thing: here's that's that's an option that that mm-hmm. is a possibility. Here's how I and I and this is kind of what we talked about earlier on, where maybe we need to talk outside the game because uh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I think we broke down the game, game enough already. Yeah, the I game like was this. Trash. This is, this is a good conversation. <laughs> um, if and I, I do think the Broncos are gonna go get a quarterback during this offseason. It is going to be with the mindset of they are going to be the backup. So draft. No, it's gonna be a veteran. Okay. It's gonna okay. be a veteran. Okay. And and here's why. We're gonna give Drew lock every benefit of the day. We're gonna give him every chance, no more excuses, fully healthy team, full postseason, offseason, training camp, preseason, everything, right? fans back in the stands, like just as, as normal as you possibly mm-hmm. can. He has zero excuses. If about halfway through the season, maybe we're sitting at about, you know, three and you know six or something like that. We're getting that where it's like, ah, it's playoffs aren't out of range, but Drew is just not improving. Um, or at least is still just look at this point. We've given him everything. This is his third year. He's still just not getting there at all. That's where you send the, the veteran in to try and salvage the season. Uh Um, But I think it's going to have to take a lot for that to happen. Um, You know, and there's a lot of conversation of comparing Drew Locke to Josh Allen. Um, They're two very different people, but you know, uh, can Drew Locke turn it around similar to how Josh Allen did? Is he going to be as explosive and phenomenal as Josh Allen? Uh, Probably not, but can he turn it around the way he has? If I'm Drew Locke, I'm, as soon as the season's over, I'm, I'm going to, you know, call, call him and Hey, Mr. Josh Allen, sir. Uh, how <clears throat> can you uh, kind of point me as to some of the things you did? Because uh, I really need some help right now. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's how I foresee this going is we're going to get um, a, a veteran, but it's not going to be for a QB battle. The media and the fans are going to be raving over this QB battle, but it's not going to be one. It's going to start. You're going to give him everything because the last thing you want to do is start over with, just somebody else right we've spent too much time up to this point so i don't know what your thoughts on all that is but mm-hmm. that's 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 my prediction
0: see i still wouldn't be shocked if and i agree i think they're gonna add to the quarterback room with if somebody um for with the attentions of them being the backup but it wouldn't shock me if they get a third or fourth round qb with the attentions of him being a backup hmm I, I, would, you, I, would I you rather have that
1: uh, and an experienced backup, or would you rather have somebody like Stafford?
0: Uh, honestly, I think if they went to get Stafford, I think their intentions would be to make him the starter. Really? I would be, I would be surprised if they got him to try to be the backup. Um, I, don't, I don't think he would agree to try to leave Detroit if, if he knew he couldn't start somewhere. True. But I don't know what quarterbacks. I'm sure there's a list that are backups on teams right now that will be available that Could be viable options. That's something mm-hmm. I need to do research. Joe Flacco the, is a backup,
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely he he's a veteran starting. backup. He might be starting looking for a starting position somewhere, or you know,
0: yeah, uh, he, um. he should just be happy to be a backup because <laughs> he is a fine backup. I mean, he's you could do worse than him as a backup. What about
1: Matt Sanchez?
0: mark sanchez yeah, he's he has a, a nickname i can't remember what his uh, fumble. Was, oh yeah it was
1: butt fumble oh
0: he's got a nice oh. desk job on college football on abc he's 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 well right there he can't fumble the ball from the desk seat <laughs> so but you know ryan fitzpatrick i'm guessing he'll probably retire but he'd be a great backup he's a yeah. veteran mind yeah um so i don't know i mean there are a couple quarterbacks in the draft i do like i like um and this will be in the offseason, but I like Kyle Trask out of Florida. He's definitely not a first-round guy, maybe not a second-round guy, but he's one if he was there in the third or fourth round and and they really wanted to get a backup. He's kind of a bigger – you know, he's he's a tall, bigger, stronger quarterback, kind of the ones that Elway likes, but um, it's going to be interesting. I definitely think they have to add – to the quarterback room. But speaking of the tall, bigger, stronger quarterbacks, we went against one last night, Josh Allen. Saw this a bunch on Twitter. Want to get your feelings on it. I saw a lot of fans in, in Denver media still whining about the fact that we passed on Josh Allen back in 2018 and got Bradley Chubb instead.
1: So, look, uh, hindsight is 20-20. Yep. And you can, you can sit there and, and look at any – any previous thing and just say, man, if I had known then what I know now, obviously I would have gone with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the perfect example of that is when you're struggling with trying to get a hold of your insurance company and you're like, and you find one later on, and you're like, Holy crap. I wish I had found this insurance company before, you know, before because hindsight 2020, they were the ones I should have gone with to begin with. So uh Centennial State Insurance Agency, if you, uh if you want to avoid that feeling of, man, we should have gotten, you know, um, Josh Allen, instead of Bradley Chubb, uh, in your own life, uh, reach out to Centennial State Insurance Agency. They will give you the time and attention you deserve as a, as a customer, uh, that you're not going to get from any of these other big uh, organizations. So they'll, they'll spend time to get to know you. They will walk through exactly what your, uh, insurance entails, step-by-step. Uh, step. They will find you the, the best quotes and, um, no, they have the honesty and integrity, integrity of telling you that, Hey, we're not the best option right now, if that's the case. And you're not going to find that from anywhere, anywhere else. If something happens, God forbid, you're not going to be on hold for 30 minutes, hoping maybe somebody eventually answers. You're going to have an insurance agent that you can reach out to that will be there for you. Uh, and and you know them, they know you, they care about you. They care about uh, helping you out. So uh Yeah. Yeah, Avoid that 2020 hindsight regret feeling uh, and reach out to Centennial State Insurance Agency 303-838-0554. That's 303-838-0554. Also find them on Facebook as well. So back to the Josh Allen uh, thing though. Um, I wasn't sure how that uh, transition was. I, I you know I think I kinda, it's pretty smooth. I I mean I it, it was, went with it a little bit there, but
0: yeah, no, I, it made sense. You bundled <laughs> it together to make sense. So good job. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to get know, a reaction. You know, surprise again, it, you know, I'm just getting used to it every week. Like you, you kind of do this, you take my surprise, but yeah, you're smooth with it, so it's not like bust <laughs> up laughing. So it's impressive.
1: Well, oh, good. I'm I'm getting better then. You are getting um, better at it. Look, it's, you can say that about any player in the draft though. Sure. Sure. And there, there are charts, you know, you see like, I think the Raiders and every player that was drafted after the player they picked. And it's like big name after big name, after big name, man, the draft is like gambling. It Mm -hmm. really is. You don't, even if they did phenomenal in college, uh, you don't know how they're really going to do in the, in the NFL. And Look, it was the same thing. Like, look at the time, Bradley Chubb. Uh, I Mm think everybody was Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb. Well, of course, now we find out that Josh Allen is phenomenal. Of course, everyone's going to go back and, you know, most people are going to go back and say, oh, we should have gotten Josh Allen. But look, hey, I'm hella glad we have Bradley Chubb back there, you know? You're talking about Von Miller, maybe having you know a handful of years left. Well, we got Bradley Chubb that is maybe it's he's not Von Miller, but holy crap, he's still pretty solid. So uh, look, we can sit here and regret decisions all day long, but
0: here's the hand we're dealt.
1: Let's move on. (laughs)
0: When I when I look back to that 2018 draft, I remember thinking Bradley Chubb wasn't going to be there five. That Mm -hmm. wasn't even a possibility. He Mm -hmm. was getting picked probably fourth. And yeah. then when he landed five, I'm like, oh my God, we got to take him because everybody Broncos were actually even working on a trade with the Bills that were going to move up from I think it was nine or ten to five and take Allen. And we were going to I don't know what we would have done. I don't remember at the time, but uh, mm-hmm. then it fell in a place where we could Chip fell. So nope, we're going to stay at five. And then the Bills trade up to seven to get Allen. And I remember the big quarterbacks, you know, you had, you had Baker who ended up going number one. You had Sam Darnold number three, and then you had Allen went seventh, and then Josh Rosen at 10, and then actually Lamar went 31st or 32nd, whatever. I mm-hmm. think it was 31st. But uh, looking at those first four going into the draft, I will admit I I didn't think Baker or um, Sam Darnold would be their five, mm-hmm. and I, I thought the other two might be. I actually thought the smarter pick was Josh Rosen over Josh Allen. Yeah. So now I look like an idiot. So, oh, anybody, and uh, you know, I mean, that's that's where it's tough. It's uh, now Josh Rosen's the practice squad of the Buccaneers, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how much I know. So, uh, it is like you said, it's kind of like gambling. Um, and you just kind of when it comes to quarterbacks, you kind of got to keep, keep going after them until you finally hit one, and it's very difficult to do. If it was easy,
1: every team would draft a quarterback right. every year that would just be a home run, and right. in fact, it wouldn't even be you know every team would have a long lifelong starting quarterback that is just amazing caliber right this is a very 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 hard thing yep. to do but you have to go through that pain of figuring yep. out if this young guy is your quarterback for the
0: future and um, i think it's more and if you remember that in that offseason we signed case keenum um, yeah. those are the moves that are more frustrating when the keenums yep. and the flackos the, the, uh, the veteran ones that don't work out. You know, the Paxson Lynch, I was a whiff. Um, Drew Locks, too early to tell. Um Simi, I laugh when people rip the Simi one. He was a seventh-round pick. He wasn't even supposed to play as much as he played, you know. Yes. He was fine for a seventh-round pick. I laugh mm-hmm. at that. The one that still, and I know I'm probably in the minority when I say this, but the one that still grinds my gears is the whole Brock Osweiler thing. No, you're not I still think to this day if he would have – stayed in Denver, and not went to Houston, his whole NFL career would have been different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he just dive-bombed after that and ended up being a bad quarterback. I thought Kubiak and everything, and with the defense we had, everything was sitting perfect for him to come back, and we would have been good in yeah. 2016. And he went for the money, and I, I think – I mean, he's been on record today. He, he regrets it. So yeah. it's kind of like hindsight 2020. I mean, he, he was mad. He was pissed that we went with – Peyton, which if we didn't go with Peyton, we were gonna probably lose against the Chargers, not get home field advantage, probably not win the Super Bowl. Exactly. So I know a lot of when I've talked to Broncos they're like, "You're crazy, Osweiler." Well, I'm like, I just I don't I thought he had enough within that offense. He could have been the guy for the next few years, but
1: hey. it it set off a chain reaction. It
0: did. It did for yeah, then we're
1: still feeling it. You, and you're exactly. right. You look back there because after that, players had no real reason to stay. Yep. You know, and not saying that Brock Osweiler was the reason to to take a discount or stay like Peyton Manning yep. was, right? But but there's that continuity factor, you know. Uh, he was young and he was right. impulsive. He saw the big big money signs and, yep. and took it, and um, yeah, I, I, he does regret it. He does, and yep. uh, hoping maybe someday we can get him on one of our podcasts. Yeah, uh, he yeah he, he's a pod- so no hard feelings at this point, but yep, just yep. fact of the matter. Yep, I just uh, –
0: that's the one that still this day kind of mm-hmm. bugs me because I'm like – it started that, like you said, that chain reaction of just trying to find the QB because we drafted him with the intentions that he was going to be the replacer of and yeah. He played well enough during the Super Bowl season that we, we wouldn't have got to where we were that year without him because he had wins over the Bears, over over the Patriots, over the Chargers, over the um, uh, Bengals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he got us some yeah. good wins. But it is what it is. That was five years ago, so <laughs> – now twenty twenty, we're still trying to figure out the quarterback comp, uh, position, but hopefully, hopefully, number yeah. three is. Uh, like I said, I, I like I like your plan. I like um, giving him no excuses, giving him everything he needs next year. Hey kid, this is on you now. So
1: yeah, like that plan. We, we gotta we gotta move on. We've yep. we've given you every chance that we can at this point. Yep. Um, I think that's the soonest we would let him go is halfway through the next season.
0: I think that's fair. Um, that's are fair. you worried about? The guys coming out the next two weeks with nothing to play for.
1: No, I think they have everything to play for. Okay. Uh, I mean players like Tim Patrick. You know some of these people that are going to need to be re-signed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you know even if you know they don't uh, uh, get signed by us, they need to you know make In it the addition, a the other audition
0: season team. kind of you know.
1: Um, you're talking about 53 man roster next year. Uh, These Uh young players have got to go out there and show that, Hey, while I'm a starter or a, you know, a backup, a second string there, uh, I deserve this position. And so uh, I think that alone is a reason Uh that, yeah, they're going to go out there and play their butts off. In addition to the fact that it's two divisional rivals back to back. Bingo. So that's, that's probably, if anything, that's the big one, but, Um, no, because you're going to get all these starters, starter backs uh, and uh, starters back, and you're going to have to cut down from there. And so who are they going to cut down? Uh, these young players have an opportunity now to show what they are made of at the end of the season in this kind of position that will help convince the coaches, you know, in, in August that they should stay on the roster. Mm -hmm.
0: I hope we come out fired up Saturday or Sunday because, um, you know, the Chargers are going to be because they shouldn't probably have dropped that game to us earlier this year. Yep. And they're tired of us beating them and they're tired of being the uh, doorstep of the division.
1: Nah, that's yeah. nice. I don't care. They're still the doorstep.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they're going to be for a while, in my opinion. But, uh, yep. um, I think they'll come out swinging, though. We better be ready because if we play like we did yesterday, and I know the Bills are. Four times the team the Chargers are, don't get me wrong, but yeah. if we play like we did yesterday and it gets ugly against the Chargers, uh oh,
1: yeah, I mean, think that, that can be said about any team or most teams, most teams, mm-hmm. but yeah, especially because they're going to come out with a vengeance. Yep. Um, they're dying to get that divisional win, right? Not and, yep. and I don't blame them. Um,
0: they got one against the Rangers the other night. Yep. The Rangers are dumpster fire right now, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I, th- I hope the Colts. Well, not the Colts. I hope the Dolphins put it on them this next week and then uh we play them and try to get revenge from earlier this year. So yeah. when you're next to Exactly seven and nine again, but go seven and nine, then uh really start the off season, crucial off season.
1: Yep, hundred percent. And uh it's gonna be a long one. I think we're we're used to it at this point. We shouldn't accept it, like nope. you were saying earlier, uh, but we're used it sucks, to it.
0: But it's uh yeah, it's five, five, five in a row now.
1: Yep. So and that's
0: enough.
1: I, I, it is enough. It is. It's enough. Um, you got to give drew lock one more time, you know, yeah, if that, I, if I that doesn't so. work out, you know, that, and, and we still can't, can't salvage a season with, uh, you know, some veteran quarterback that that's really what I'd like to see is because uh-huh. that, that'll help, uh, answer some coaching co- uh, questions as well. If mm-hmm. drew lock, if we can get a veteran backup, drew lock doesn't work out. We sit him halfway through the season. Then we're looking to the coaches to help put something together with this backup veteran quarterback uh to salvage the season, and at least go eight and eight and try and get one of those coveted wild card spots, right? If that still doesn't work, now you're having a conversation about the coaches as well.
0: And yeah, because I mean I mean, if we're sitting next year in the middle of the season, like you said, three and six or something, FanGio's seat's very hot, very hot. And he's gonna have to make moves or adjustments to try to save his job. Mm-hmm. because you missed the playoff three straight years in denver you're not you're not sticking around
1: you're not you're not sticking around nope exactly like so. it,
0: it, next year i believe is always last year of his gm contract his current contract 2021 i believe so
1: yep and i will tell everyone right now uh, as long as uh, joe Ellis and the pat Bowman trust are in place john elway will be the gm i he do not i be. do not see yeah. that changing
0: as long as he wants to be mm-hmm
1: yeah, it's it's up to him if he wants to be, um, but they are not going to fire John Elway. So
0: nah, he's not getting fired. If if he, the only way he's not going to be a GM is if a new owner comes in and wants to clean house, or if he simply says, "Yeah, hey, you know, I've done this for a while. We got two Super Bowls. We won one. It's time for somebody else to take over. I want to do something else." Yep,
1: yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's that's kind of the way it is, and uh, I I think there's. Um, you know i said it for this year that, that you know uh, we had a lot of good things going for us this year uh and there's a lot of weird things that happened this year right oh all of the injuries God. and the covid right yep. so i want to erase this year go into next year with the it's the same mindset like we have all the pieces here to do well mm-hmm. um we have to stay you know not get uh as long as we don't get half as beat up as we were this year again no excuses why this team shouldn't succeed um and we have we have the talent. We have the talent, so uh, we need to make something happen with it. And I think we can.
0: One uh, one more quick question before we wrap this thing up: What position would you like the Broncos to target in the first round of the draft? Oof. So I know mine. <laughs> um,
1: I know there's been talks about getting somebody in the backfield and whatnot. Um, I, 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 there's one thing that still just really, really irks me and that's getting somebody who can cover the tight end. Yeah. You know, Uh, and those people are hard to come by. You know, there's, there are not many of them out there. If there's a way, and I don't, I don't even know if there's somebody out there that's, that's worth going for. Um, I think that's just a huge weakness on our defense. Um, and I think it depends on how free agency free agencies uh, shapes up as yep. well. Um, get Shelly Harris back; that you know takes care of that. Resign Justin Simmons. Okay, that takes care of that. Um, I think we're okay in the the safety and cornerback positions. Um, yeah, maybe it, I'm almost thinking it's whoever is best on the board at that point. Um, so I, I don't know what you think, but that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Corner is the one position I would like to see them. Go in the first round. Okay. Um, that's just because I don't know the future status of, I think Bryce Callahan was only a two-year deal.
1: You know what? I forgot about Bryce Callahan, and I love the guy when he's out there. But this is his fifth or sixth season in a row where he has not yeah. played all 16 games.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Boye, I don't remember his contract either, but he's got that suspension with the PEDs. I just feel like we need another corner there because the young guys have had their moments this year, but it, it maybe we go get a veteran corner, but that's going to be costly if you're looking for a number one or number two corner. Cause I think Boyer is good. I don't know if he's number one though.
1: So if it's with coach Fangio's defense, they don't need to be number one. Yeah. That's the way I see it. The way he schemes and game, game plans. Um, I don't think you need a number one guy back there. Somebody, you know, really decent, but they don't have to be the best of the best. So I think that opens up your options a, a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. So I, I definitely think it'll we'll be on the defense side of the ball. Um,
1: fair. That's
0: When that Juwan James didn't come back or something, then maybe they go tackle. But uh, I think, you know, with the improvement of Bulls, and then the the, the uh you, and then you got you got other young guys on line i i don't see them going um off the line in the first round definitely not wide receiver um running back wouldn't make sense so i, I definitely think it's on the defense side of the ball like you said maybe i would love a cover linebacker or a corner cuz if you resign justin simmons you got him and kareem i don't see the need for a first round safety yeah um unless they want another guy on the edge but that doesn't make a lot of sense i wouldn't think so yeah. Yeah. I think, I think those are kind of the two spots. I think we kind of nailed it on the head there.
1: So man, it's going to be uh it's going to be an exciting off season because again, we make a couple moves. moves. Yeah. We add a little bit of talent. And again, that puts us to where we're at the beginning of the season with Holy crap. Look at the players we have.
0: Yep. You know, um, it, it, and every year is an exciting off scene. Seems like in the Broncos, you know, <laughs> they get our, our, our optimism going and then just the last few years they've, all in short I think that's short on our every expectations. Team. so uh, yeah. it is every team you're right. Um so hopefully, hopefully next year's um, better. We still got two more games though. We got divisional rival the LA Chargers coming up, last road road game of the year. So I'd love to go in there in that new stadium and uh, make it a Broncos. Sure. You know, their old stadium in San Diego was Broncos country. they temporary stadium for the last two years was Broncos country when they were in LA. And now even though fans can't be there right now, it'd be nice to, uh, for us to go in there, and plant our orange and blue flag that way. It's still there when fans can come next year.
1: Yeah, so. Exactly. Well now uh, before I go into the spiel here uh, question for you, okay. will the chargers continue to pump in fan noise after all this COVID stuff? Because the fan noise is louder than when they do have fans.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> The fan base sucks, man.
1: It's terrible. Seriously, when you're when you're watching the game just think to yourself wow it's loud there no it's because it's all fake noise you yep. and remember to where what it was like when there were no fan, or, you know when there were fans there and you're like wow these guys are like super quiet nobody's there you know so. or
0: it was loud and you're like oh they're all away team fans yeah
1: exactly wow there's a lot of orange in that stadium yep. or there's a lot of red in that stadium
0: I, I hope that carries over into next year when there's fans because that's the thing the NFL is gonna schedule the Raiders, the chargers and the Rams, even though the Raiders and chargers aren't going to be good for early primetime games in the season. Cause they want to show off those new stadiums with fans in them. So yep. it's going to happen.
1: Yep. hundred percent. And, <laughs> uh, I hope they lose all of them. Uh- <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> hey guys, uh, reminder here from orange weekly. We have a ton of content for you all. Uh, we are here purely for you, the fans. Uh, we have, uh, Great lineup of the post-game podcast that you're listening to, pre-game podcast. Uh the other podcast we have new this year is called Ragers. Um, fantastic podcast when it comes to learning about sports betting. Um even if you're not interested in sports betting, but just want to hear the, the betting lines for the day for that Broncos game. Uh Ray does a great job of breaking down. So it's almost like a, a pre-season podcast or a pre-show pre- game podcast as well of sorts uh in that you you hear what 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 Vegas is thinking and Raid is a great job of explaining to you uh why the betting lines are what they are uh and explaining to you what bets he's taking and which ones he is not so it's not just hey I'm a Broncos fan I'm going to take these bets because I love the Broncos no uh they're 39 29 and Six or something on the season. So they've, they're, they're making money. Uh, this is not Ray's first year doing this, and he seems to always come out on top. So definitely check out the Ragers podcast that comes out on Saturday. All the podcasts can be listened to on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, and anywhere else you listen to your podcast. We are there. Uh, also don't forget about our live show lineup the Tuesday night or Bourbon Broncos, no BS, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, every Tuesday night. We also got the live pregame show as well as the live halftime hash show. Remember, Orange. Weekly is the original live halftime show for Broncos games. Anybody else who does it has uh, possibly cheated off of us as possibly, as in they have. So uh, definitely check out the best halftime show that there is out there. So uh, our um, website, broncosorangeweekly.com for the latest podcast, latest show, and some articles that you can check out. Uh, and yeah, uh, once again, we're going to be here through the rest of the season. We're going to be here, uh, throughout the off season as well. We're not going away uh, a little more sporadic, but we'll have, uh, episodes and podcasts for free agency, for the combine, for the draft, for the preseason, uh, games. And we'll have some fun Broncos trivia, uh, shows throughout the whole thing as well. So, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, you know what, this is something I want to ask, uh, Ray there, Tanner, um, when it comes to betting, uh, will Jared be able to do a Broncos trivia game in which he does not finish last place? Because so far, out of the three or four we've done, he has always finished last. So,
0: yeah, streaks got to be broken sometime. You think? Know, maybe. <laughs> maybe he should try wearing a hat one episode. Maybe it turned his luck around. No,
1: oh, you missed it. You missed it. Uh, uh, I am now Team Visor. What? Yep, hundred percent. David like uh, tried throwing me under the bus or I can't remember exactly what it was, but uh, it was enough to push me over the edge. And I said, okay, fine. Team puffball. You don't, we don't have each other's backs. Fine. Hey, hey, team visor. What's up, man? And uh, Jared gladly accepted me with open arms. Oh, you traitor. Uh, And I did. I did. I am a trader. I am full on yeah, team told, advisor now. I stole
0: the message the other day, but I thought you were just joshing them or messing with them. Nope. I'm like, oh, nope. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. David seemed to be happy to be glad or to be rid of me. So,
1: even more so, like, you know what? Fine. Screw you guys. I'm going home over to <laughs>
0: Team Visor's house. Well played. Well played with that line. But One thing I want to make sure we do here before we wrap it up is uh, wish all of Broncos country and all of our loyal, loyal, loyal listeners a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, if you're able to celebrate with your family, please do in a safe manner. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Um, we appreciate all of you. It's been a great uh, 2020 doing these podcasts for you, so... Um, Hope you stick with us for two more weeks and into the offseason, like Kev Sam Kev said. But um once again, yeah, Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everybody.
1: Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And I think we just have one left, uh, one thing left to say there, Tanner. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.